for listening. This is Diana Piquet on the Diana Piquet Show. This is part two of a three-part series that I did with my girlfriend, Jen Cooper. We are two girlfriends who are muddling through the Black Lives Movement and learning together. Jen is a woman of color and admittedly knows much more than me about the subject, but has been so kind as to speak to me, teach me, educate me, and we're doing a book club together called Slavery by Another Name. And in this segment, I ended up learning something about the Civil War that I didn't know that was so sad. So anyway, have a listen and let me know what you think. And as we navigate through this book, like one of the other things that this book is going to talk about are the Civil War and um, and World War II. And in the Civil War, when Blacks were free, they were offered money to join and participate in fighting this war. Right. And a lot of men were excited to do that because they finally felt like they were being seen as a, an, a person who could contribute to the things that they believed in. Right. A lot of those men did not get their money. A lot of those men were the first men to die. Right. They were and on the front line. They were on the front line. And that was the, the military and the government's way of sending someone out there that wasn't them. And, and then they didn't have to pay the bill. Exactly. They didn't have to pay the bill. And then they were able to see how the enemy was going to kill these people so that then they could then prepare for how the white men, the white men in the military were going to go in and be protected. It was a strategic move <laughs> using lives. <laughs> right. And so it's, I just think it runs a lot more deep than, you know, there are individuals at this point in time that are still racist. And, you know, when we start talking about our, our, our police systems and, you know, what we're seeing right now, it's not just one bad cop in a police station. When you have these police stations where there's one bad cop, there's usually more than one bad cop. Not saying that every cop is bad, because I don't believe that at all. With all my heart and soul, I know that there are good police officers. But when you see the type of violence that you've been seeing with George Floyd in, in, in Minneapolis, that is running rampant in that system. That didn't start mm -hmm. overnight. It's systematic. It's been happening for years and years. And that behavior has been okay. And it's been allowed. And, you know, I think we're starting to see more now companies like my company, who's really working hard to show that they support diversity, that they want diversity, that that's important to our company. But it's also important because we're a more diverse nation now. <laughs> and people right. are starting to not want to work for non-diverse companies. Um, so I don't know. I know that didn't directly answer the question. And that's definitely an education point for me because no, I'm that's okay. I'll be excited to listen to this in a month when we've gone further along with the book and see if we both have a better answer. I just want to feel like it's okay to ask these questions as they come up. Um, and I, I'll tell you something that really came to light for me was that I am ashamed to say that, and I'm not ashamed that I didn't know it. I'm ashamed that I never tried to get the answer because I Google lots of stuff. So I could have looked this up. The, the information is out there, but I thought to myself many times, okay, in the mid 1850s, uh, the slaves were freed. So what is going on that's taking 175 years to get this to where it should be? Mm hmm you know what I mean? It just yeah. seems like a lot of years 
for um for this to keep going on the way that it is yeah and reading that was really helpful and educational to me because when you I mean, I knew, of course, I knew it was hard. I knew it was sad. I've seen lots of movies about it, uh, you know, things that are unfortunate that happen. Um, I was just telling Thomas, I know that there was a story, you know, my family are farmers in Northern California. And one of the reasons I think I have such a soft spot for Hispanic people is because they would, my grandfather would talk about the neighboring farmer bringing in um, laborers to come and harvest his crop. Mm Mm-hmm. And then on payday at the end of the month, you know, these people would camp out in his orchard and then payday at the end of the month, he would call immigration and have them chased away. Oh my gosh. So he'd have, yeah, he'd have the work done and then he wouldn't, you know, and, and I don't know who that was. I don't know, but I'm sure it happened. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it happened. There's people who are just shitty to other people and that's just so shitty, you know? Um, so Anyway, uh, but with that being said, I'm, I I think that, you know, my whole purpose for even wanting to do the book club and posting the video yesterday is because I don't know everything. And I know that mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who know even less than I know. And Mm -hmm. I want all of us to be asking those questions. I want us to be asking each other those questions. I want us to be interested in, you know, figuring them out together and, Tomorrow you call me and say, Oh, Jen, I, I read this online or I saw this article. I'm going to send it to you because that's, right. that's for me, that's how we actually start making change. Like, obviously if you kill a person, you go to jail. That's, I don't understand why that's just not black and white. Like if you maliciously yeah. kill a person and there was another way you go to jail, it happens in our community all the time. So I don't understand mm-hmm. why it doesn't happen in other communities, but. And swiftly. Why isn't it, why does it take a week to yeah. get arrested? So having, you know, that justice set in place is extremely important, but also the process of educating and learning and understanding. And, you know, there's list upon list being built right now about companies to not support. And I'm making a list of them because I want to know what companies they are, but I'm just not going to not support them. I'm actually going to go online and figure out why we're not supporting them. Cause I'm all for right. not supporting, uh, an organization or a company that does not support the equal rights of all people. But I want to make sure that I know that that's actually what's happening. And so Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of content being shared right now. There's a lot of information going around. There's a lot of quotes that are, that are happening. And I do believe that a fair amount of them are true because (laughs) I think as good natured humans, we want to believe that there's more good than there is bad but there's a lot of bad that's just been covered and hidden and lurking in the Mm -hmm. shadows. And that's just being ripped away right now. So Mm -hmm. for me, and I know for people like you, it's about understanding what's fact versus fiction. And so if someone's telling me to not support one of these companies on my list, I'm going to do a little research and understand why. And there are companies that I don't support for my own purposes already. Um, Right. And so if I'm adding to that list, which I have no problem doing, I just want to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons and not because someone told me. Right. And that's just, I think that's just to be responsible and fair. Because if someone was going to say something about me um, and take action against me, I hope that they would do the research and find out who I really was first and make sure that it was warranted, you know. Um, So I have a question for you. You must, well, I don't know. You said you took a big long nap today, so maybe you didn't. But all over social media right now, everything is a big black box because it's Blackout Tuesday. Um, 
Yes, have I have you seen. That? Yes, I have. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, is it, is it hard to see people waking up? Is it good to see people waking up or both? It's, or how does that make you feel? Do you feel like there's some solidarity and you're happy about it? I feel like there's more solidarity right now than I've really ever seen or known. Mm -hmm. And not to say that I didn't believe that that was there, but you know, obviously I have a, my, my Instagram profile is private. And so the things that I see are the things that I've chosen to follow. And I'd like to think that the things that I'm following are things that are, you know, uniform and lateral with my belief system. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised to see it because it's the circle of, you know, life that I've created. Um, I have a black box on my account right now as well. What I am finding interesting is there are, you know, people that have their black box and there are people that are saying, no, don't do the black box. And I was like, Ooh, even when I got ready to do the black box, I'm like, should I be doing a black box? Like what are, what's, what's happening here? And so Mm -hmm. I think what I want to make clear about me in the black box and my friends and my followers with black boxes are that, yes, it's really nice to see the support. It's really nice to see people being unified on something, but the purpose of the black box is to say, I'm pausing today to educate myself. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in, in the black community, doing the black box is getting a lot of mixed feelings because silencing yourself right now in the black community is not what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. But outside of the black community, I think that it is important and valuable to say that I'm going to silence myself today because I don't know enough and I'm going to pick up mm-hmm. a book. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to research books for my kids. Like if you're putting a black box on your Instagram page today, you better damn well be doing something with that time. Well, I'd rather see that than a selfie. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, these people, you scroll through and it's like all these black boxes and then you see someone who's like, you know, got something up that's just like, oh, you know, here's me and my kid having a coffee at Starbucks or whatever. It's it's a little disheartening to me because I'm like, let's focus. Yeah. Let's focus on this. This is a problem. We need to wake up. And it's, I'm, I'm on an Instagram group uh, called Black Lives Matter. And um, one of the gals, she's actually the kind of curator of the group. She's like, she's unfollowing people and businesses. If she's seeing anything today that does not resonate with where we're at, Mm -hmm. she's like, nope, Mm -hmm. if you're not focused Mm -hmm. on this at all, or if you're definitely not focused on this today, like she's not at all interested in being a part of whatever you have going on. And a part of me is like a hundred percent on board with that. And, you know, I, I'm a golfer. I'm not a very good golfer, but I do enjoy golfing. And I follow um, the women's national golf association and they have been posting this week about it's called we unify. It's their hashtag. We unify. And I saw it the other day and I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's cool. And I, I was bothered by it. And so I sent it to my brother-in-law, who's also an avid golfer. And I was like, hey, what do you think about this? He's like, well, you know, it looks like they're trying. And I said, I don't know. It's just, it's missing the mark for me. (laughs) And it's missing the mark for me because it's, we unify right now is not the message. The message is Black Lives Matter. And if you can't say those words right now, I have a problem with that. Yep. Yep. Because I agree as a corporation and, you know, 
golf has historically been a white sport where the only sure. black people on the court were the people carrying food in, in caddying bags. And, mm-hmm. you know, plenty of country clubs all around the United States have very shallow histories of allowing black players into their clubs. And so for me, the apprehension to say black lives matter is because there's fear that you're going to get mm-hmm. lashed out. <laughs> right. And if you're afraid of that, then there's a problem. And so, well, go ahead. I mean, to your point, I would so much rather see a black square today and someone truly saying, this is what I think, this is how I feel than Mm -hmm. someone pussyfooting around it or, you know, going to Starbucks and having lattes, I guess. Yeah, because that just seems like you're totally unaware. It's like you must have your head in the sand. Um why do you think that the whole George Floyd, the whole George Floyd thing has been the big turning point? Because I really feel like this is like in my, you know, in my circle of friends, which I'll admit is pre- predominantly um, white middle-aged ladies, middle-class ladies. And I have um, a few friends of color, but, you know, living here where we do, you know, the people oh, yeah. that our kids go to school with, the people that I've been friends with are largely, um, you know, not people of color. Yeah. So I feel like what I'm seeing is a lot of people that look like me that are like, what is going on and waking up? And I'm wondering why do you think the George Floyd incident is, because that's one of many, many that have happened before him. Why do you think that's something that's waking everybody up? Um, I think it's a, I think it's a couple of things. I think that, you know, over the last, 10 years, we've been able to see a lot more of these unjustifiable deaths happen on television and through the Mm -hmm. media. I think that when we're hearing about things now, we're hearing about them within days of when they happen, not within weeks or months of when they happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like there's no time for the shock to die off. And, you know, I, unfortunately, I think that sometimes as humans, we have you know, short minds in the sense that if something happened a month ago, it's less impactful than if it happened yesterday. Um, And because we're starting to see things happening as, you know, as quickly as they're happening, that makes us a lot more raw. I think that having to operate in this COVID environment that we've been in for the last three months and already being on edge and fearful and, you know, becoming divided through COVID and, social distancing and people who choose to wear masks and don't wear masks and believe. What a great point. Yeah. I I feel like I know for me, I definitely started feeling in Huntington beach, a divide and Mm -hmm. truth be told, it felt very political. It felt like there were a group of people who don't necessarily share my same political beliefs that were very against having to wear masks. And you start seeing these protests of people claiming that, you know, this is against their constitutional rights to have to wear a mask to go out in public. And for me, it's like, what are you even talking about? Like, you're going to go protest because you're being asked to help protect the rest of your community? Really? Right. And this, I've, I've grown up seeing social and racial injustice all over. And so to see people protesting about something that it's, it's not that hard. Like, (laughs) 
put a mask doesn't on it seem, the store. It, for, it was Doesn't it seem a little spoiled? It seemed yeah, very like, upsetting to me. It was... How freaking entitled can you be that you can't even wear a mask and and be conscientious of the rest of your fellow humans? And I, I got into a, a debate. It was a very open, honest, and loving debate with a dear friend of mine who in, participated in the protest downtown. And um, I told her that I was disappointed because over the last five years, there have been 101 different things to protest about that are real and affect yep. women, women's health rights, Black America, mm-hmm. children that she's never stood up for, but now she's going to stand up because she's a stay-at-home mom who finds her mental solace in being able to go to the beach and surf. I was pissed, <laughs> quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And I let, yeah. her, her, I let her know that I just felt like I've never seen her activate like that. And so to see her activate on something that it's, you know, I, me having a child who's immune compromised, obviously I'm going to take it more, a little bit more close to home than someone that doesn't necessarily have that same issue. And right. when people are out operating in the world with the no mask and no social distancing, I feel I'm upset by that because it puts me and my family at risk, doesn't put them at risk. And so mm-hmm. it, it was really upsetting to me. So, you know, long and the short of it, I think between operating like that, getting information as quickly as we do now, um, and this divide that has been, you know, building since COVID started. And, you know, there's been lots of discussion about the medical care that people in black communities are getting. And, mm-hmm. you know, even as, as ridiculous questions as well, you know, black people don't take care of themselves as well. So obviously their, you know, their mortality rate is going to be higher. Bullshit. <laughs> people get, black people get the worst medical care there. I mean, that's also another systemic issue that's happened that not a lot of people acknowledge that black people have been ignored. They've been held off when it comes to their medical care. Um, Mm -hmm. We get slower responses when we need emergency medical care in black communities. We get told by doctors that we don't know what we're talking about when we start explaining what our symptoms are. We get asked Mm -hmm. to wait in hospitals and emergency rooms longer than other people that are not of color do And so there's a long history with Black America having issues with the medical system that we've been provided. And so the thought that an educated person would say, well, you know, they don't necessarily take care of themselves as well as we do. Bullshit. Like, (laughs) do your work. Understand why that's the case or why you think that's the case. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that there was an undercurrent that was already starting to build. And this happened the jogger in the park happened and then that ridiculous video of that woman in the park that threatened to call the police for asking her to follow the rules in the park there was just it was just boom 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 all lined up against each other and everyone has been on edge for three months and yeah it's it was just a, a boiling point yeah for sure um i have been so absorbed and I've talked to a few other friends that are the same way I actually am so excited to get to interview one of my friends who's um, Hispanic but she looks white Mm -hmm. so she said she's got a very interesting take on her whole life being talked to like a white person yeah even though she's Hispanic and having people say like well why are you you know why are you posting about minorities and she's like well 
I am a minority and my mom's a minority and it's an actual thing for me, even though I don't necessarily look like one. So I'm interested to talk to her about that, but I think there's a lot of us that have been so absorbed and um, with the access to social media Mm -hmm. and to be able to see that video and unfortunately see it over and over and over again in the media. Um, You know, I, I, I think my kids are a little scared Mm -hmm. and I think, I think it's probably a good thing. Um, I think that combined with, there's a lot of, we had neighbors who knocked on our doors last night and told us that there was like some sort of credible, threat against suburban Huntington Beach neighborhoods. And, you know, that's right during dinner, right when my 13 and 14 year old are listening and they're like, what? And so the whole dinner turned into this whole discussion. And then, and then it turned to, you know, what we would do. And then it turned to the difference between protesting and writing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, on the other, you know, on the other hand, on Thursday and Friday, we're going down to help our friend move out of her dress shop because there's, you know, supposedly going to be riding again on Saturday and she wants to move all of her merchandise out, you know, which is really a secondary, that's not as big of a problem, obviously, but everyone's lives are being affected by this. And I think it's good. I think it's good. I think we're, you know, we're waking up. Thank you for listening to that. Um, You're going to hear at the end of that podcast, something that I said that on the next podcast, segment three, Jen spoke up and uh, spoke out and asked me questions about it and kind of corrected what I was saying. And it was so great, actually, because I almost took that part out because it doesn't, you know, it seems a little confrontational between the two of us. But I think what's so beautiful about it is that it's two friends who can talk to each other and ask questions and remind each other of things. And basically, Jen was reminding me that my my words have power and said that the things that I say, I really have to think about before I let them come out of my mouth. So I really appreciated her candor and her honesty and her heart. I hope you enjoyed this episode and look for episode three coming out soon.